All right, welcome back to the Trading Triangle. Hey, Sean, how you doing this week? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thank hey, you very much. How are you? Doing well, doing well. And Kay, how about yourself? Hey, guys, I'm doing very well. Welcome to another week of trading. It's fun. Yeah. Love it. Trading Triangle is ready. Uh, we got a lot of charts to look at this week. Get to the disclaimer up front. As always, remember, we are not financial professionals or financial advisors. Uh, just three friends looking at charts and preparing for our trading this week and preparing or providing all of this for your entertainment ed and educational purposes only. Uh, but we do appreciate everybody tuning in. So thanks for checking us out yet again this week. Got a lot to talk about. A lot of uh, great action last week. Positive news. Tons of positive uh moves and uh had a little bit of a shake up you know i think people got a little bit nervous there but uh, overall in the week we closed very nicely right s p was up one percent uh nasdaq was up two percent always got to show up the s p the dow is only up about a little bit more it was up 0.66 percent um and it's up seven percent on the year but um let's see what else bitcoin actually dropped a little bit only up 70 77 percent now on the year so everybody Calm down. <laughs> um, we got the VIX at 13.33, so that didn't really do much this week as all. Well. We got a spike up to almost 15 on Thursday when everybody kind of had a little bit of selling, a little bit of panicky there. But otherwise, um, it's right where it was, down another 4%. So, again, nobody's really worried too much about the VIX these days. Um, but year-to-date numbers, S&P is up 19%. NASDAQ is up 36.79%. Just really incredible. You're going to plop up that uh, slide for us? Yeah, I think I'm going to put some stuff up here, but I just want to... But wait, but wait, before we do that, make sure yeah. you subscribe to the channel. I like the, like the channel, or I like the video, sorry. It's, uh, yeah, we always forget that right at the beginning. We need, to, we need to work on that, I think. But yeah, subscribe if you do enjoy this content. We really appreciate it. That is the segue to the charts. All there right, very nice. <laughs> All right, so yeah, looking at the performance last week, as I mentioned, some of the names here. Um, anything jump out as far as individual stocks last week to you guys? I think I saw. Meta. Yeah. Meta definitely jumps out, right? And Google. Google, my goodness. You know, I think we, we talked about Google in our uh, trade idea last week. It was definitely one of them. I think um, I think Apple and Amazon are pretty flat because this is the week. The earning week for mm -hmm. them. Um, banks, pretty much flat, I would say. Berkshire or JP Morgan, pretty much flat. Bank of America, flat. Intel popped up. There we go. That was a, that's one on our list. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Meta and, I talked about the dip last week. And we got a nice bounce there. We'll look at that. What else are you going to say, Kay? I'm sorry. Uh, no, I think uh, one of our uh, listeners yesterday, uh, not yesterday, last week talked about AMD. So AMD is reporting earnings. So we have AMD as well. It was, if you think, it's pretty flat, one point seven nine for the week. Um, but yeah, I think a semiconductor was uh, pretty flat. I would say. Yeah, no doubt. I'm I'm looking at the semis to really make a charge here in the second half. We'll see how accurate I am there. But I thought it was interesting that Microsoft did not um, join in the massive rally there last week. But um, yeah, let's keep it rolling here. Fear and greed index holding firm in the extreme greed. Um, so was it 78 there? That's a, uh, I don't know even what to say about that. We are holding firm and powering higher, I guess, is the message. I noted, I noticed it you got the put the call. Yeah, go it ahead. It did Ken. reduce though from last week. It was 82 last week. It did drop a little. I guess that's fair. But we're keeping the the extreme greed in effect. The, I, I noticed in the top right here, you added a bit of information. Okay, you want to talk to that? Yeah, yeah. So I think we always talk about the put to call ratio. And it's important to kind of see the, the bigger picture. 
Uh, so it's 0.78. I think once we start tracking every single week, I'll give you an idea. It will give you an idea on how the market is feeling. 0.78 is very bullish, honestly. Um, VIX is 13.33. And the 50-day the SMA of VIX is 1474. So in both cases, you can see the VIX has really dropped off the cliff. Uh, we used to talk about VIX at 20. That used to be an average, you know, at least the last right. year. Now it's about 13. Like, like it's pretty flatline. Nothing is going on. Volatility is dead. Yeah, I traded uh, 1850. It was a great level for the VIX. Anytime it would get there, you're like, all right, let's load up on some VIX calls and uh, expect the market to drop. And it was pretty accurate for a minute. And then it wasn't, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just keep, just keep dropping lower in the markets, you know, powering higher. Um, lots of earnings. Oh, my goodness. Look at all these earnings this week. I know, Sean, you were excited about this. Uh, big names. Yeah, I mean, just look at Thursday. <laughs> Thursday after close, you've got Amazon, Apple, Coinbase, Block, Airbnb, DraftKings, Cloudflare, and uh, well, that's it for <laughs> for the big names, of course. It's um, it's it's, it's insane. We've got SoFi tomorrow morning. We've got PayPal as well, AMD, uh, as we just mentioned. Obviously, Starbucks as well, be good for the kind of consumer side of things. And um, yeah, I think there's a lots to choose from, lots to keep on top of. It's going to be one hell of a week. <laughs> I agree. I mean, we're starting yeah. with SoFi Monday morning, uh, and yeah. I know a lot of folks are very interested in what SoFi has got going on. And then just like you said, Thursday's huge. What about you, Kay? Well, uh, I think you guys already touched a lot of them, so I'm going to touch a couple of them that I personally am watching. So I'm watching Arista Network. So if anybody who knows yes. AI, Arista Network, ticker symbol A-N-E-T, definitely go check out my channel. I've done a full stock analysis video on that. So you can. that's something that I will be watching. You have Pinterest. Did you drop that already, Kay? Is that out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even oh, I missed the, it. Okay. Yeah, it's there. It out. Um, it's been it's been a couple of weeks now. Um, so more of a stock analysis video for long term investment. Uh, Pinterest, nice. not not a lot of, not a lot of enthusiasm in Pinterest, but I think it's good to watch uh, in the social media space. Uber is also there. Uh, my latest video we talked about, uh, not me, but Morningstar talked about Uber being one of the growth stocks in 2023. So you might want to watch that. Uh, Wednesday, I am looking at Shopify, Qualcomm. Oxy, Qualcomm is in your uh, semiconductor space, so definitely. I think a lot of people watch Unity. Yep. Your Robinhood, since you are a big, uh, big into Robinhood, I think your Robinhood is there. I know a lot of folks watch Mercado Libre. I'm not uh, into it, but you're not F in the belly. Oh, we need to no, talk I'm about not. that. Okay, I'm interested in your thoughts there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have not gotten into it. There are so many stocks to choose from. Like you gotta pick something, right? And then <laughs> for me personally. I think if you're into the EV space, I know, Sean, you watch uh, Fisker a lot. So you have Fisker and Magna both reporting earnings. So I think that's amazing because Magna is your manufacturer for all Fisker cars. So, and then, you know, uh, you already talked about Thursday. So I'm going to just stop there. Yeah, Thursday's just a crazy day. And um, I mean, you guys even hit on a number of other names that I'm interested in. We've got charts on AMD. We've got chart, uh, PayPal, DraftKings, right? All of them reporting this week. I didn't get charts this week on Rob. We can capture all of these guys this week. There's just so much to choose from. But Starbucks is also reporting MicroStrategy for the uh, Bitcoin interest out there. Caterpillar, just a ton of names. A Norwegian cruise line. So the cruise lines have been an interesting story and continue to power higher. So, yeah, I mean, every single Let day. Let me share a funny story news. with you on this Norwegian. So it's not Norwegian cruise line. So uh, on Twitter, there's a there's a channel that I follow, and they talked about Morningstar was asking was recommending to replace a couple of stocks, and okay. I did talk about it in my last video as well. So they're telling to replace Amazon 
with Carnival Cruise Line. I'm like, you would never do that as an investor. You do that, you're going to put a big, Wait. you know, gaping hole in your portfolio if you do that. Amazon? Yes. So they're oh. asking you to, they're asking you to sell Apple and buy Teradyne. They're asking you to okay. sell Microsoft and buy Google. Why would you sell Microsoft to buy Google? You should buy Google, period. Yeah. You should, you should sell Tesla and buy GM. Like, are these some very short term? What's the time frame on those? Do they say? No, these are mostly. So I think what people get wrong with Morningstar, Morningstar is mostly meant for institutional investors, right? Because right. for them, the long term is an year, right? They are not looking at 10, 20, 30 years down the line. They're looking at every year how much money, you know, they are able to generate for their uh, uh, customers. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah, a lot of retail investors, they take those recommendations by heart and then they would you know take action and that's why in my video i kind of talked about it like you know take ideas from them do your research but then build your portfolio with your you know as a long-term investment portfolio i do like those interesting uh trades where you one you know pick one direction one stock in another direction but yeah usually it's like completely different industries or what have you not microsoft google that's interesting Right, I think the dogs excited for earnings as well. Yeah. I know. <laughs> He's like, let me in there. I want to see these charts. <laughs> Too funny. Well, let's get to them. So uh, as always, looking at SPY and QQQ. So SPY's up first. And the chart I posted here, we've got the channel. Nice channel trending upwards. Um, continuing to disrespect these lines. And the 20-day moving average catching up nicely. So something I've been posting about on Twitter. And uh, I think I even wrote about it in the newsletter a little bit. Um, so by the way, you guys, we mentioned Kay's videos on YouTube. Be sure to check out Investor Tomorrow on YouTube and check out Sean Trades on YouTube. Great stuff. You're going to see a lot of uh, additional videos of what we have here on the Triple T. And then for me, I'm, I'm mostly posting over on Twitter. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've been and then also my newsletters I mentioned, one of the things I'm mentioning, eventually I'll get there. <laughs> is that you don't always have to have a pullback, right? You don't always have to have a correction that is massive and dropping 5% or 10% even. Um, you can just move sideways. And that's kind of what I'm seeing here. Um, let the moving averages catch up. And, you know, as we just get a little bit of sideways action. And so we're in the channel. We, we've got this big red bar on Thursday. And it might have kind of set the high and low for the range we could be trading in. The 20 moving average, uh, I like coming up there and providing some support. And if it can hold, you know, why not continue this move higher? So all things are pointing up. We got a little bit of overbought on the RSI. So I've got that at the bottom of the chart. And uh, just to kind of keep that in mind. Um, but overly bullish with a, an idea of maybe consolidating here a bit. Yeah, and I think we're going into summer, aren't we? So the kids are off, people are taking holidays. So people are not going to be looking at the, the markets as such. Um, so they, they might see lower volume and maybe that RSI might be coming down over the next few weeks, just a just a standard calm down in the market, really. It's I'm not saying a huge point. pullback, but just a general kind of calm down in the markets. If we can trade sideways, then fantastic. If we drop down a bit, then it is what it is. So, yeah, I think we're... And, and you brought up a very good point, Nate, that uh, sometimes it's, it's expected that when we start hitting those all-time highs and the stock keeps moving in the upward trend, we kind of expect, oh, we're going to get a pullback of 10-15%. Uh, maybe not. We just, as you said, we might just do trade way, you know, sideways trading. And the best to do is, you know, when you do options trading, you want to have sideways trading because you can get in, get out, and still make money on that. And I honestly, I'm looking forward to the sideways trading. 
Yeah, a little consolidation. I, I highlighted a prior period there that you can see where we did the same thing. And the moving averages is caught up. And then shares took off. Would it take maybe a month, um, a little bit more than a month? So that's great. Great opportunities in those in those periods of time. We can accumulate shares or take some long positions at the lows, ends of the range, and yeah, take advantage. So let's see. Um, by the way, I'm looking for 451.44 as the support level to hold. That would be ideal. But as long as we're in this upward channel, um, I think we're doing all right. So let's yeah, look at Sean's great. chart. Well, you got more levels than I did. So. Yeah, just because it's a two-hour chart, I thought I'd take a bit of a shorter-term look at this week. Um, you can see a similar sort of range, uh, maybe slightly tighter with 458 and the 451. Actually, 451, you just said that. Um, but that's the kind of, you can see, double touch there in the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's kind of hovering around the 50 moving average as well. That 50 moving average is really coming up there nicely. Um, so it's good to see on the two-hour. Obviously, two hours not everything. Um, but yeah, I think just I've got these levels just as a bit of a base, but I'm not trading the spot. I'm just kind of monitoring it, seeing what's happening. Um, but I would really like it to kind of travel sideways. Yeah, 100%. But I wouldn't be surprised if it does move up a little bit more if Amazon and Apple have good earnings. We'll probably touch on that later on as well. Um, but if they have good earnings, then obviously I see maybe a bit higher, maybe 470, that kind of level. Uh, well, actually, now what's that at the top right corner? It's behind the logo, so I can't see. Um, oh, yeah, you got 462. 462, 462 yeah. yeah. Uh, so not 470. Maybe that's a bit too, uh, too ahead of myself. But, yeah, that's what I see. Uh, just kind of following these moving averages, that would be really, really good. Really nice yeah, it, respect the – the is that the 50 moving average, right, that's below the 20 there? And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even when it dipped down, it gave a respect there. I, I like the 458 level if we can – you know, get what we talk about a lot, which is the move above and then a retest. Mm. That might be a nice little entry if we can see some strength there. And so um, you can see that little 200 poking through the bottom there as well, but in the bottom right, the 200 moving average. Oh, yeah, there it is coming um, up. I mean, like I say, not everyone looks at the two-hour chart, but for some reason I really like it. So it's just, it's just nice to look at, I think. So you look at a four-hour, don't you? So Yeah, you know, that. and it's something that I think we should talk about in the coming weeks, maybe put up, uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week or just thought about it, but just stack the time frames, right? Like look, cause that's how I actually approach all of the charts As I look at, you know, I'll zoom out, look at five years and then come into the one year and six months and then start looking at the, you know, four hours and two hours as needed and an hourly and all of that. So um, yeah, maybe we can do a little bit of that zoom out, zoom in in one of the coming weeks. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a great idea. I think just let's take spy or QQQ and we can maybe just do a live over here directly looking at, you know, a different time frame. And we can, if you want, we can even map up a stock that can kind of relate because I think we'll find some kind of interesting uh, observations as we do that. I'll tell you one I know right off the bat would be interesting yeah. <laughs> is IWM. So IWM, by the way, is uh, if you look at it in like one year, you see this big downtrend, but zoom out and uh, you see a whole different chart. So uh, anyways, something to look I at. Was about, I was about to say Tesla because <laughs> the same sort of thing. Totally. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You're making me want to go pull that chart up right now. All right. So we'll look at the cues. <laughs> There's Tesla in there. <laughs> and uh, the cues, you know, I've got this extended uh, trend line drawn out. And we're looking to try to get back to 387.98, which really is 388. And that was the most recent high a couple weeks back. Um, looks like the 20-day moving average is being respected, which is effectively tracing the, the trend line I've drawn. And um, I think that, you know, if that trend line holds, it's going to be super bullish um, to go ahead and push right through that 388 number. 
Um, if it does pull back, we've got 371.83 below um, with a little bit of support from, you know, recent, uh, it was recent resistance and that should provide some support there and allow maybe the 50 day to catch up. So if the queues do something like the, uh, what we're saying with SPY and just consolidate for a bit, it would be allowing the 50 day moving average to catch up more than anything. Um, so that's what I would be eyeballing in a sideways kind of consolidation pattern here. That's what I got on queues. Yeah, in a way, the spine could have been a bit boring this week, haven't they? So, uh, yeah, it's kind yeah. of moved along, didn't they? If we're not saying much, much, much something interesting with this, are we? But yeah, I think I agree. Um, we could easily break this trend line though, we could easily break that 20, but like you say, the 50 yeah. moving up nicely, so that would act as the next support. Um, but that's all that's really all I can really tell you from this chart. It's higher highs and higher lows, and it's Definitely it's right. almost like I mean, if this was all the charts, we would have nothing to talk about. We'd just put our money in. <laughs> we just keep saying the trend is your friend. <laughs> yeah, just just pop on for five seconds. Hey, uh, invest more money, and the trend is still your friend. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, so again, with this one, I, I nailed down to kind of two-hour chart, and you can kind of see just basically more candles, um, kind of a smaller version of what we just saw on, on Nate's screen there. Um, but I've drawn it obviously a few levels there, so people can write these down if you, if you really fancy it. But you can kind of see we touched around the kind of 374. It might be better yeah. as a zone there, actually. That kind of 373, kind of 374 level uh, could be better as a zone, perhaps, um, if you are looking to trade it short term. Um, but yeah, we're above moving averages here. The uh, the red one, which is the 200, is coming up nicely as well, um, right above that 357 level. So yeah, we're moving in the right direction. And like we say, trend is your friend. Um, but yeah, that's all I can really add to this chart. It does give a little bit of extra detail, right? Zooming in with those two hours. It shows like maybe we are starting to consolidate here a little bit. Because um, not there's not any, for example, if you look left there, that, that stair step that just kind of happens. And then you get a little bit of selling off and then more stair stepping up, right? There's just none of that. It's just this kind of, like you said, you know, a little bit of boring sideways action there. So that is where you can use options. So it's not as boring. Yeah, yeah. I love it. See here. Do we have any um, options flow information on the queues? This yeah, week? I mean, yeah. Generally, for the both for spy and QQQ, you generally have the put to call in above two. So for QQQ, it's two point zero seven, uh, which kind of you know makes sense because you know they mostly the hedging happens for spy mm -hmm. and QQQ. Uh, there, there is a lot of uh, uh, volume for nine fifteen twenty three. Um, the put put to call is there's a lot of put. There are 2.1 million open interest on 9.8 versus only 888,000 on the call side. So I'm not sure what's there on 9.15. I'll have to take a look at this one. Maybe. That has a massive volume uh, of open interest at 9.15. Okay, that is interesting. It, Nothing's yeah, springing to mind. So we have to take a look at earnings calls or, or what have you, see what, what catalyst might be in there. It could be. Uh, it could be your, um, you know, every 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 quarter, right? You have the quad witching day. I'll have to see if nine fifteen is the one where all the options contract expire. That could be the case. Good stuff. Well, are you guys ready for the chart of the week? In my opinion, chart of the week coming up. Take it over, Sean. Wow. What do we see here? <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> we see an incredible week, don't we? We see two gap ups um, fighting back and basically a massive, massive move. I think it's up like 30, 35%, something like that. Um, 
there's a few things I want to talk about on the chart, but we'll get to that in a second. Just a few kind of uh, news pieces. So we have basically 11,700 registrations so far, which is shaping up to be a record delivery month for NEO, uh, which is previously 15,800. Um, so I think we can easily sail over 16. And there's a few rumors flying around that are just rumors. I'm not paying attention to them. I, I don't really like rumors. They they, they give you false hope, basically, I think. Um, but there's a few rumors going around that's sort of about 20,000 20, a month, which, to be honest with you, the CEO did aim for that in the last earnings recall, so that would be really good. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking if we can really beat the 16,000 mark, that would be a really good step in the right direction for this company moving forward in the next, well, basically six to 12 months or so. Um, obviously, volume up this week, we can see that in the last five bars. Absolutely incredible. Um, it's, it's almost double or triple even the, the weeks before that. That's what stood out to me the most. Sean. Yeah. Man, that volume. People are coming in. Um, it's, it's not just Neo, of course. We've had Xpeng, Lee, um, even Alibaba to a certain extent. All of these stocks are kind of doing really well. So China's kind of turning around their stock market. I've seen that up, you know, quite a lot this week as well. Yep. Um, you know. You know, what was surprising, together? Sean, that yeah. uh, even though such a massive run-up happened with the Neo, on the Tesla side for the week, it was pretty flat. Yeah, minus 0.5 something on Tesla. We've touched on this before. I feel like Neo and Tesla don't really trade together too much. I know some people think they do, but I think Neo trades way more with China than it does with Tesla, which that's the trend I've seen personally, at least. Obviously, there is a certain extent where Tesla would go up 20% of course, Neo would follow slightly. But I do find that Neo does trade with China a little bit more. But yeah, generally, that, that, that's kind of news pieces. We haven't got anything else. Um, <laughs> there's rumors that they're merging with Mercedes, but again, it's just rumors. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was trying to get your thoughts on this. You can see a potential kind of short squeeze formation here where it's just gone straight up. Um, I don't think it is personally because the volume kind of drives that um, price action up. Um, but there could be a certain extent where short squeeze could be happening. Nate, would you be able to chip in with that in your, your experience? Yeah. And obviously, chaos. This is the setup here, right? Where you've got a stock that has been beating down and the shorts are piling. I don't know what the short interest looks like. That is something I'll, I'll I'll definitely you, be give me a second. You get that, okay? Nice. Yeah. Um, so, eight point five percent. Okay. So, um, so I don't think that's a massive number, but, um, no. but yeah, when you have those shorts are going to have to cover when you get moves like this, right? That is the whole, the whole fun of a short squeeze is. It just continues because of the fact that, you know, all these folks have to cover. Um, that being said, so we're heading. Yeah. I mean, that might have been it. Honestly, that last last week's run might have been it might have been included in it. Right. You might have had this big push. All the numbers coming in so positive, all the news with Neo. And it might have just been them throwing in the towel along with, you know, folks like you and I getting excited about Neo and, and maybe adding in adding to positions. So. Um, just an incredible run and hard to say because the short interest isn't too massive though. Yeah. I did I, open, I, I finally sold a call uh, on my covered call on Neo yeah. for my long-term position because uh, it was just not moving and I have a much higher cost basis. I never added more to it, but I took this advantage to sell a long dated uh, covered call. So did uh, you yeah. so you sold it. Um, you said you're saying by long dated, how far out is that K? Uh, I think mine was almost uh, a year out because so, yeah, my, my cost basis is $35. So I'm pretty high. I never added. So, you know, I bought Neo when it was trading at a very high level. And sure. since I was selling covered calls on a weekly basis on Neo, 
So my cost basis, technically even currently on my uh, portfolio shows 35, my real cost base is almost 28. So I have made that much gain. But since Neo dropped so much that there is no way I can cover with covered calls and now you don't get enough premium at that level. So sure. now I always wait for these big bumps where I can sell a long-rated covered call. It falls, it pretty much, you know, you have get an IV crush, you close that contract and then you just rinse and repeat this process. Yeah, I like it. There's a trade in here for everybody, whether you're in the <laughs> shares already or not. But yeah, I, mean, I haven't even started on the telephone yet. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, yeah. Sean, uh, are we going to, we have to touch on that, right? 14, yeah. this is blasted right through it. Just one last thing on, on the event side of things. We have a Witness Neo event happening on August 1st. Um, I don't think there's going to be too, too important. People are expecting like a big announcement, but I think if it's just a milestone event, um, we're going to be looking at swapping infrastructure, European expansion. So I don't think that much is going to happen on that. Um, but yeah, it's just a nice little piece of news if you are watching this video. But yeah, let's jump into the technicals. Um, we can kind of see, obviously, what I think on the chart. We can see that we've broken that downtrend with the blue line there. You see how I've kept the blue line for you there, mate. And uh, so we moved up through there. Um, price action went up, came back down, and we touched the 20 and the 50, as you can see, uh, with the kind of yellow highlighted area. And we've just gone up since then, which I think is absolutely fantastic. We've broken the 200, which is the red line. Uh, we come back down, we tested it twice, um, which is, again, you know, a nice sign. And we've just flown straight up. And in the, the 20 moving average is kind of hovering around 11, which is uh, really, really nice to see. And this is the daily chart. Um, but I think, Neo, I would be expecting a pullback. I would want a pullback personally. I know lots of Neo fans are saying, no, let's go to the moon and all that kind of stuff. But, you <laughs> know, the retail traders, that's that's what we do. <laughs> we get excited about these things. Um, but I, I think a little bit of consolidation would be great. Um, but, of course, this, this stock could, could go. It could, it could really go up to kind of 16, 18. And my end of year price target, obviously, I've said before on my channel, on this channel, uh, 2022 um, 20 to $22, I mean not literally 2000 that'd be ridiculous um but yeah <laughs> i'm gonna stop talking because this is going for quite some time but just one last thing and that is the 50 moving average if we see that come through to 200 that is um my ultimate goal for the stock and it's coming up rapidly yeah it really is i mean it looks like it's destined to to cross it even if it cools out we cool off here it's gonna mm. at least touch that move those moving averages are gonna kiss there for a bit um, I, I would love to see 14 hold just because that was the prior high, but I could see it pull back to 13 and still find some support given the way, you know, the prior highs were in that area. Um, you know, we got to 14 once and then it kind of petered out a little bit lower. So, yeah, I mean, 13, 14, if, if it holds in that range, then that would be ideal. Maybe let the moving averages catch up a little bit like, and then see where we go from there. But yeah, just an incredible week after an already couple of amazing months. There are two yeah. points I want to make here. Number one is your put to call is 0.4. It's a very bullish on this. Uh, you have on 8.18, which is coming up unless, um, I don't know if 8.18 is specifically any event, but you have 199,000 open interest versus 115,000 on the put side. So 199 on the call side. So that's a massive number right there. Wow. Um, the second point is, I think a new may benefit from is the, I guess the normalization of the relationship with the uh, U.S. and China. Uh, mm -hmm. At least what has what is happening recently with so many delegation um, going to China, um, that may help down the road at least in short term. And then I think uh, um, from Sean's perspective, I think. It makes more sense what Sean predicts uh, $2022 as the price range 
I think let's be honest and being in trading uh, world, you make decisions based on what the indicators are telling you or what you're anticipating rather than we'll go to the moon. For that, you need a short interest of much, much higher numbers. It's a lot of fun to say that, though. Go to yeah. the moon. <laughs> Actually, I have a friend who uh, that's his code for this thing's going down. <laughs> <laughs> so if he tells me it's going to the moon, I know he's he's very bearish. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the other thing I just know, given all that volume that, that you, you called out earlier, Sean, and then it just powers through 14 on that volume. I, I just love to see that. So, again, my favorite chart this week. No, honestly, if you think about it, right, even if you buy at 14, let's say, if Sean, you are predicting a, a $20, $20, like that's still $6 up from right. here onwards if it makes it $20. But then if you if you have a look at the, the deliveries and the kind of anticipation that they have behind them, if they can really ramp up and get the kind of 200,000 cars delivered, that really cements their kind of status within the EV market, I guess. And they're the only kind of Chinese company going to Europe and that kind of thing. So... But isn't BYD producing more cars than Neo, though? Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, they're very, very cheap models. Uh, well, cheaper models, not cheap models. Um, but the the premium side of things for Neo is really quite something to to admire. I haven't actually seen one in person. It's kind of my mission for this year, and they did come to the UK. But I was working that day, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, yeah. I will get there. Um, but what I've seen all the videos and obviously all the kind of research that I've done within Neo. Um, they do look really, really up there with kind of Audi, BMW, that kind of thing. Now, do you see those neo cars in London, driving in London? No, no, well, I don't live in London, so I wouldn't see them there. But I've not seen one here. There has been a couple of sightings of neo cars in in the UK, um, from what I've seen, obviously on Twitter. So they are becoming more and more common in in, in Europe, especially. Um, but yeah. I, I'll see one. I'll see one. And I'm going to be stopping them in the middle of the road and say, hang on. I'm getting in. <laughs> Make sure you take a picture. No, I yeah, I will. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about Neo. And obviously, lots of community members are. Um, I, but I'm a bit more of a realist in terms of the stock price and where the company is actually going. It's not amazing. And really, the only news we've really had is the registrations. All the rest of it is rumors and volume, basically, um, in my opinion. So there's still a long way to go. Um, if you have one good month, you can easily have one bad month afterwards. So just stay realistic and, you know, always keep your, your risk management as number one priority. Yeah, well said, Sean. All right, I peeked ahead to Palantir, but we'll, let's jump ahead to that now. What do you got on Palantir? <laughs> Nothing to say on Palantir. Move on. No, All right, keeping it rolling. <laughs> um, no, there's obviously plenty to say. We've broken, just from a pure technical point, uh, point of view, um, we had a price target on Friday announced by Dan Ives from Wedbush. Uh, oh, yes. It's quite a, big, quite a big name within the tech industry, as, um, as, as I've kind of found out, really, to be quite honest with you. Um, which, obviously, you can see that on the top right-hand corner, represented there, all the way up there. <laughs> and, of course, the orange line, which is my normal representation of the earnings reports, we have that next Monday. So, obviously, we'll be bringing that up uh, next weekend as well. Um, but this 17 level has been kind of a bit, bit tricky to get through as we can see kind of middle of june um so we've kind of bounced off there twice came back down we tested the 13 1350 uh, level mm-hmm. and then came back up and had another go at the 17 so we went through 17 but look at the volume on friday so the volume has really pushed it through 17 level um and i believe that if we can stay above here in the next few days then you know it becomes a much more solid support with every time that you test resistance, it becomes a bit more solid support in my experience. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, if we can stay above 17, you know, maybe challenge that 19 level again, that'd be fantastic. And obviously earnings, who knows, uh, could, could be up to 25, could be down to 13. That's just how stocks move. Yeah, it's gotten the higher, high, higher, low pattern going, respecting the moving averages, yeah. everything you want to see here. And then you get the bonus of the price target way up there. Yeah, all right. Let's see. And the volume, get there. the volume came in on Friday. Oh, yeah, look at that. It really did. I never know what to make of that on a Friday, to be honest with you. It's, like, it's normally profit taking and all that kind of stuff, and the volume normally dissipates on the Friday, but the, right. the price target would have helped. The price target definitely would have helped. Yeah, that makes sense. Any news like that's going to help. And yeah, but that's what you usually see on a Friday, right? A little bit lower volume, people heading out on the weekend already early. Yeah. And also, stuff. I think the, the interview, I did see Dan Ives' interview on Palantir. It's like uh, he, he's, he's thinking that it's a really a real AI play if you are thinking about Palantir. So, Dan Ives yeah. doesn't throw, you know, he doesn't just throw stuff out there. So that's, that's really interesting yeah. to hear. And so yeah. I think there was another um, uh, gentleman on that panel i think he he's a regular reporter so i think um somebody asked somebody said hey how come institutional investors are not looking into it uh, as much as retail investors this is a retail so dan i said i think he is in a very good point he said a lot of times you know retail investors are much further ahead than institutional investors I, i'm like um uh, i'm not quoting him as word to word but that's what he meant it's sometimes retail investors actually are able to see things which takes longer for institutional investors to figure it out uh, right. because of just their framework, right? Because institutional investors have their own frameworks for investing or trading or uh, companies have it, right? They have to worry about their customers and the rate of return they have to give to the customers. Retail investors sometimes, you know, it's like Tesla is, an, is a classic examples, right? A lot of people were short selling Tesla, especially on the hedge fund side. Retail investor saw Tesla's growth, and I think Palantir could be one of that as well. Yeah, I would like to Absolutely. see it go. We'll see uh, what the, what earnings brings next Monday. Is it Monday? No, do you follow Sean? Do you fo sorry? I cut you Monday. off. Do you follow Snow as well? Because they also talked about Snow versus Palantir. Uh, not in depth. No, no, they're a bit more of a software type platform, so I kind of know what they're roughly about. But um, Palantir is a bit more of an AI play, of course, these days. So. That would be interesting because to see that AI I, I, platform. Because I think with Palantir, the, the problem that they will run into is uh, like they get into government contracts, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're coming to enterprise, then you have these names like Snowflake and you know other Tableau and all that stuff. Now, of course, they are not exact replica of uh, what Palantir offers, but then pa those are enterprise softwares. So it will be interesting to see you know, how you compare Snowflake versus uh, Palantir. Yeah, and that's, that's the battle that Alex Karp has, isn't it, with his company? Lots of things going on behind the scenes, so we'll see what he says on, on the earnings call, of course. But the one that people are really looking forward to is their AIP platform, um, see whether they're actually getting all of the traffic that they, they're thinking that they're getting in the last earnings report. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that actually converts into some numbers this quarter. Definitely. You mentioned snow there, uh, Kay, and uh, that's one I've noted for the TNT trading community as a potential setup for selling covered calls, actually kind of ranging very broad, but yeah, something to take a look at. Maybe I'll pull that up next week. All right. Sounds good. Hey, look forward to it. Yeah. You know, you do. Looking forward to new <laughs> charts. You covered call, you know, my ears perk up. <laughs> uh, what do we got next, Sean? So this one's PayPal. Obviously we can see that we, again, there's lots of lines. There seems to be a bit of a theme this week where I've just drawn lots of lines. Um, but that's what technical analysis is, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so we just draw lines all over the place and see, exactly. where, the, 
See what it looks like. That's what we do. Um, But you can see between this kind of 71, 80 and 76, 50 level that we're in now, um, we're obviously hovering around the 200 million average as well. It's a bit bit of, yeah, been a bit of a range for the whole of March and April. Um, So we're kind of playing around that area again. And I believe the catalyst of earnings, whether it be good or bad, will obviously break out of that kind of um, that zone. Unless it's really mild earnings, of course, and it just trades flat, that does happen. Um, but at the moment, I'm, I'm experiencing lots of big moves on earnings, um, especially with tech stocks. So I don't know if you want to speak to that at some point, um, but I, I believe that's sure. what I see. But generally, I think it would be great if, if you know, for, for example, it was good earnings. Obviously, I'm going to have to put my bullish hat on again. Maybe I should get a hat that just says that. Anyway, this <laughs> um, <laughs> is bullish. Hat on. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, loads of people in the community within finance, etc., are saying PayPal is undervalued. And if they can prove that they're undervalued on, on the earnings report, then of course that will that will um, make the, the stock go up pretty much. Um, and we can see that we're, if we can get above that 200 billion average, that'd be a really good milestone to have for PayPal. And that's all I really wanted to say on this chart. You can see all the lines that I've got there and all the levels I want to talk about, but you can, you can visually see that yourself. Um, but we're up on the trend line. If we can break that 200 billion average, that would be absolutely um, magnificent, I think, for, for the stock. That, yeah, I'm with you. That's the biggest thing on this chart for me is from a technical perspective is getting above that 200 day. It's really you know kicked back previously, obviously, uh, by looking at the chart, you can see that. And now we're struggling a little bit here. So maybe earnings will be what it needs to get above. This, I think, is a, gr- a great candidate for the zooming out and getting some mm-hmm. perspective of what PayPal has gone through over the last three years. And now what we're seeing in the near term, because uh, I think, you you know, the, the reason folks are seeing some opportunity here is both, I think, because of how bad it's been beaten down. Like you're saying, maybe it's a little bit too much beaten down. Um, given, you know, that's what sentiment is, is that's what you're alluding to. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I think this is a, it would be an interesting candidate to kind of look at multiple time frames. and, uh, that 200 day moving average though, that is number one on this chart for me. Yeah. I would like to see the, the volume increase as well. And I don't know if Kay, you have any options, uh, data on this. It'd be interesting to Op- see, especially yeah. balance coming up. Yeah. yeah. So options are 0.06 on the put to call. So very bullish. For next week, um, you have 45,000 contracts in the call side and you have 34,000 contracts on the put side. And um, the average move that uh, you get on the earnings for PayPal is about 8%. So uh, if it's $74 right now, you're looking at about $6, $5.90 move plus minus. So you can use that for your trading. Awesome. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Info. Exciting stuff for PayPal, isn't it? We'll see. They can pull it off. I wonder if the any of the news around MicroStrategy and Bitcoin plays into. I can't remember how much uh, PayPal is impacted anymore these days with the crypto side of things, but I'm curious because MicroStrategy reports this week, right? So yeah. Anyways, it's, it's interesting. I, I think also with with the uh, crypto getting beat up since the last six, eight, nine months, you have. You know, I, I don't follow the the earnings uh, that closely for all the stocks, but I think people have people are not talking about crypto as much as they were talking, you know, back in the day during earnings. Yes, yeah. has mellowed a little bit. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is that's a wrap on Sean's charts, and we're going to get into mine next. Um, just a quick reminder. Thanks everybody for for following along on the live stream. If you like what you're seeing and like all these charts. Please do subscribe. We appreciate it. We're getting near the 100 subscriber mark. We just got started. So that's exciting. Appreciate you guys helping us get there with the quickness. And of course, hit the like button below so it helps out and gets us out to other folks. I'm getting better at that, Sean. 
All right, so we got Meta up next and uh, had a nice drop last week. We called this out, so I just wanted to highlight that. And we come up with great ideas here, and um, it's nice to get the wins, right? So we had a pullback, and last week we were talking about the same pattern where we get a little bit of selling heading into earnings for Meta and giving it an opportunity as long as the 20-day moving average held. It got a little bit below, but it largely held, and then we got the nice spike up. And continuation Friday, even with all the selling on Thursday, it still managed to gap up nicely. And um, and then Friday continue all the way up to the 325 uh, level. So uh, nice moves with Meta continuing to just be ridiculous this year, <laughs> really. And uh, now it needs to hold 315.88, which it closed at 325.48. So uh, looking good there. If it can actually break above that 325.50 level, you know, that that would be the next next piece to hold and target 338 next. So, yeah, just continues to move. I think that if we get a pullback um, and, and an actual bit of relief or some of that sideways action, um, 298 would be right, right around where I'd want it to hold up. I mean, you could even get a little bit more slack, uh, maybe to 295, but that would be the right level. I think the 50 moving average would come up right into that range, and you don't want to see Meta break the 50, right? That would be absolutely not good to see. I think from a technical perspective, you get a lot of signaling to institutions and, and funds that you know might cause some additional selling just because of how clean this has been all year. So, so Nate, tell yeah. me one thing. What what do you think can cause Meta to go down to your 274 level if it breaks that? Oh, man. That's, that's the question. Like... uh Let's see, user base dropping. I don't see that. Um, sales being poor on the um, what's it called? I already forgot what it's called. But when does that even? When would the that advertising? Even the yeah. advertising revenue for Meta. Oh no, I'm thinking of the um, the VR well, stuff. Oh, uh, the Oculus. Oculus. Yeah. Oculus. Yeah, and like, so is there any like news going to come along those lines because of the competition added there? Threads, basically, from what I'm hearing, is bombed. Um, like it got a ton of users and then everybody just left. Right. And uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but that's, that's the latest I've heard. So, but um, also I, I think uh, people are um, um, underestimating Meta's uh, social media dominance. Right. I mean, yes, thread was dominance. launched. You got there, but that was just the first iteration, honestly, for threads. I, yeah. I would not count Meta out of the, you know, that picture that early, especially for threads. Yeah. To put it this way, right. Like, Meta is doing so many major things on the social media. Um, what do you call it? This is this just within social media that they're like, yeah, okay, we'll do some some Twitter stuff. We'll have threads. Like it's like a side project to to do what Twitter does full 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 bore, right? Um, so now X, of course, the rebrand. How do you guys the think of that companies, The big companies are allowed to do that on their cash flow machines, so they can invest and try different things, and that's what they do. Yeah, and you know Zuckerberg did. A, I don't like Zuckerberg at all, but uh, he did a great job this year of recognizing he needed to pivot when it came to what they were communicating and um, what their focus was on the company. I think they even changed a bit of how they're reporting, um, and you can see it, it made a huge difference. They recovered, you know, all the losses they had after saying that they're going all in on Meta, and everybody, you know, sold off. So, yeah. That, to answer your question, though, all the way around there, Kay, 
Uh, I, I don't have a good answer. There's, I don't see what's going to pull it back to 274 uh, other than maybe the overall market, right? Yeah. Yeah. You agree? I agree. Yeah. I think I don't see anything either, you know, that can pull Meta back that much. This is That's the scary part though, right? When everybody says, there's nothing that can drop this thing. It's only going higher. You know, pay attention. You know, but you know, that, that is the whole point because a lot of people, including us, we were like, okay, the last earnings report is going to be weak. Okay. No. They came out pretty decent, That's true. right? This earning <laughs> report true. is going to be, you know, you'll start seeing the impact of higher interest rate in this earnings report. Well, guess what? There, but also you have to see there are a lot of down revisions. So if you are bringing your uh, mm. expectations lower for companies and then they go and beat those earnings, you know, they get a beat and then there you go. Yeah, good call. Anything else to add on this one, Sean, before I move it forward? No, no. I, I think just with uh, the QQQ, if it does come down, it's going to be another stock that brings that down. So really, it's kind of all going to go in, in tandem together, but that's just that's trading. That's the markets, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah, good call. All right, so Marathon Digital is up next. I've been in so, so in love with this stock, <laughs> and I think I might have to break up with it here soon. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's broken down. Uh, obviously, here you can see with the chart, it did hold the 20 day moving average, which was promising uh, to start the week. We Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday did a really nice job of holding the 20 day. Um, but then Thursday, the selling pushed it lower, and Friday allowed it to recover to get back above. So, um, I like that it closed above, it closed at 1670 to end the week. I'm wondering if we've got a bit of a new range here that's formed um, kind of within the, the trading levels. I've got at 1530 at support below and 1775 at resistance above. Um, I think within that, we might be trading in a little bit tighter range. Um, we'll see how the stocks react. It's a little early to call out a range for sure. Um, but given that huge run up, unless there's negative news, that's going to pull crypto and Bitcoin down and therefore Marathon Digital, um, we could see that that consolidation start again. And that was lucrative, right? We had months of that um, consolidation before we were selling covered calls or cash secured puts. And if we see that again, I think this week is going to give us a good indication of if we're going to, you know, see a little bit of a pullback or, you know, which direction it picks or if we just range. So that's really what I'm looking for. If it does drop further, 1530 is broken. I think I'm going to go ahead and cut the trade. The 50 days still coming up, but I don't want to give back any more of the gains that I've already had. Like it's been a really nice trade. Um, maybe just reducing the position overall and seeing how it acts around the 50 day would be something I'd consider. And, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. The, the, the drop in volume has been, also kind of nice to see and hopefully that indicates that it's just consolidating here yeah i think consolidation would be the main objective for the stock at the moment um you say the 20 moving average didn't hear you mention too much on that um but it's looking like it's trying to hold it especially in the last five days it's it's really really trying to but the things with these kind of stocks obviously we can see it within the chart it kind of held on to it quite nicely for for a long time actually um you can see it just above million K. Um, <laughs> if it does that over the next kind of month or so, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? I think. Yeah, go ahead and start accumulating there if you if you're uh, looking to go long and um, taking advantage of the range, trade some some options. That's definitely ideal. And what we did for literally almost it was at least two months. Let's see how long was that? 
April, May, and into June. So almost three months we were able to get away with that before with Mara just printing cash. So let's see what happens. But then likewise, on the other hand, you could get a massive move straight off of the 20. Um, just a big, kind of big bounce. There's a bit of a support. And if Bitcoin goes up, then obviously that would, that would accelerate that. Yeah, and you know, and to that point, right, if you are trying to go long marathon, okay, I'd, I'd be curious your thoughts here. I, I'm guessing I know your answer, but I would think that you would want to buy cash secured or excuse me, sell cash secured puts um, in this kind of a spot because um, exactly. if it does drop down, you're going to be able to get acquire those shares. And yeah, now, is, is that the approach you would take? That would the approach. And in this scenario, if I'm not able to figure out the range, like because it, I think the, the chart that you have, which is right above our uh, images, right? For the two months, you could go weekly or bi-weekly, right? And you kind of knew the range. In this scenario, we don't know if it's going to get a big drop down or it will just barcode or it will go higher. In that scenario, you might want to do a longer dated cash secured put and go lower on the delta. So if generally I like to trade 30 delta because it's a good chance it won't come. But in this scenario, when I'm not sure, I will go much lower on the delta. But to if you go too lower on the delta, then you don't get the premium. Then you have to compensate that with the, the date. So you'll have to extend your expiration out a lot. And if you think about it, back when we were trading Mara, or at least when you brought this up in our attention, it was mm -hmm. around the $9, $10 range. So you were only putting for a contract $1,000. Now, if let's say if you want to do 14 or 15, that's almost 40% up, 50% up on your cash reserves. Uh, so you might not be able to do 10 contracts. Might You might have to do five contracts. It depends on how much cash you have to trade with. So that's one of the challenges with stock, you know, going up higher this much. Yep. Yep. You like to see it. And then of course it costs more to trade it. So I'll take that trade off every day though. As long as I'm in the position, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So good stuff. We'll see what Bitcoin does. It keeps hovering just below 30 K and doesn't look like it's getting too excited. So um, yeah, keeping an eye on, on the, on Bitcoin in particular. Um, all right. So here it is, you guys. This is what you've been waiting for from me. I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I feel all the pressure. Um, so plug power. Um, I actually got on this a little earlier, a little early as it pulled back, but I did not want to miss a potential breakout. The green line you see coming down where we've got the dotted line projecting off of it is actually a longer term downward trend that we're looking to break. And so we touched that, got a pullback. Looks like some nice, a nice hold on the 20 day and allowing the 150 day to slide in underneath. So I'm really liking that setup. Um, if it, if it can hold here and move higher and get some volume behind it to break that trend line, you know, all bets are on. That's where I'm at with this one. So uh, I would like to see it pull back and, and touch the trend line first. If it does that, um, that gives you a really great opportunity to get in before, you know, the potential breakout. Um, but me, I'm already in, so I'm greedy. I just want to see it blast through. <laughs> That's what we're watching for <laughs> in the next really couple of weeks. Right? It, got, it got some room. It doesn't have to happen this week. Um, but at some point, something's going to have to give either the moving averages or that trend line. You got 0.66 on the put to call, so it's very bullish. Ooh. All right. like to hear it. 0.66, you said? Yeah, 0.66. So okay. One of the things I like to look at, um, and if you're an avid watcher of this channel, you know I like to break out trade. And you can see 
I mean, Nate's mentioned it a couple of times. You can see the, the breakout kind of um, projection for the trend line. Uh, but the, the thing is, I like to actually have double points of confidence when I break out trading. We can see that happening right now. Um, and that's just, I just wanted to confirm that's kind of what I look for. Affirm, confirm, I don't know, point out, whatever it is. Uh, but you can see that's <laughs> the 150 and the 20 really coming yeah. in there nicely, acting as a support. Um, and I would be looking to get in around about now. Um, I might look at this tomorrow, of course. Obviously, it's not financial advice, just my thoughts. But for me, it looks good. For, for me, it looks good. I like, uh, like you said, a lot of points um, to look at to give you positive information and, and put the probabilities on your side here. Kay mentioned the put-to-call ratio being bullish. We've got the moving averages providing support. We've got volume that fell off on the selling, right? So it didn't increase. I like to see that. And then... Um, the RSI is not totally overbought. It's cooled off as well, allowing some room to to move up higher, but still relatively much stronger, um, you know, than than his peers. So, yeah, I'm liking this uh, setup a lot this week. We'll see how it goes. You guys can hold me accountable next week. That's kind of the fun of this trading triangle. So, be sure to tune in next week and see how this goes. But give me two weeks on this. Two weeks. I got two weeks. <laughs> All right, two week, two week CSP then on this one. Nice. So we, we always talk about risk management, and I just wanted to get your take on this, Nate. Where would you put your stop loss if you were trading with a stop loss, which I hope you are? Yeah, no, always. And um, this one here, actually, I'm look, I'm, I'm keeping myself a pretty broad. Uh, I'm giving, I should say, giving myself a pretty broad um, stop, which is I put it at 11, and that's really where the stock kind of hit resistance. You can see back on what was that? Let me get the right date here. Looks like the very end of June, um, it got right around that 11 area and couldn't get above. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Further back. Um, 6.15-ish, 6.12, 6.15. So, yeah, June, middle of June. Anyways, right above that big circle I've got there, um, That that's what gave me the nod to say, okay, 11 is about as far as I want it to go. If it breaks there, the 50 moving average is probably going to be in the same spot. So that's that's where my stop loss is currently. It's a little loose, but I also expect a lot of potential upside here. Yeah, no, I completely agree, actually. Nice. All right, that makes you feel better because I thought it was a little yeah. low. <laughs> no, but with these stocks, you, you kind of have to because they move so quickly. And obviously, right. if you limit the amount you put in, you can kind of give yourself that leeway. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of all down to trading plans. You know, one thing I'll mention is with the stop loss, I'm glad you brought that up, is if you do put your stop loss in, in a little tight because you want to manage risk, that's fine. And um, if you get stopped out, just continue to watch because if you get the kind of the re-engagement and you see the same setup kind of represent present itself again, I should say, um, that actually to me is an even better setup because, you know, maybe it failed once, but then you get everybody rallying seemingly behind it to try again and give it a go. Um, so, yeah, just something to pay attention to. Yeah. Lots of fun setups for trading. All right, I think this is my last chart for the week before we get to K's, and K's got the big big hitters this week for sure, as, as you tend to do every week, K. Um, but yeah, DraftKings, so been consolidating, talking about a buy zone here, and uh, right around 30.50 being the support level and buying right up to 31.60, so giving yourself a like a dollar, really tight range there to accumulate, um, but did that over two weeks. So if you're able to get in, now we're starting to see a bit of a breakout Friday. I like that move. And if it pushes up to 34.50 and we get a bit of a stall, 
I really like selling the 35 strike covered calls. You get really nice premiums in DraftKings because of the movement. And uh, if it stalls out there and, and pulls back a bit, we could be seeing a range. Um, I would not be selling the covered calls if volume massively increases with earnings and it breaks right through, right? So got a nice chance to accumulate here heading into earnings. And uh, I would, I guess there's kind of two approaches. I would not uh, sell covered calls at, and if you're looking to really capture upside until after the earnings report, if you're worried about, you know, potential selling, selling off at earnings and you want to give yourself some defensive, you know, downside protection, then you sell the calls. Now you can sell the 35 strike calls now still collect a couple of percent. And then if the shares sell off a couple of percent, you know, you've got that, that buffer in there. So that's how I would look at this one. And uh, again, really nice movement consolidated. This is an example of letting the moving average, the 20 moving average catch up, right? Instead of dropping back to it. Just to add to what you just said, Nate, um, your average move uh, earnings is between 10% and 11%. Whew. So what is your price right now? 32, right? So you're looking at about $3, right. 20 cents to $3, I guess, 30, 35, 40 cents. So there you go, $35 basically, right? Right to that yeah. price level. And, uh, you know, retail traders will get excited and really, uh, you know, They'll pay a lot, nice premium at that 35, uh, especially on good earnings. And if it stalls out there, you're going to be able to collect multiple percentage points in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe even yeah. one week. So, and, and really honestly, nice. one of the trade could be in this one. Let's say if you already have 100 stocks, right? And they report earning this week, which means there will be a lot of volatility. So, yep. you can take advantage of it instead of selling. Uh, um, for end of this week, you can go out four weeks. You will collect a much larger premium. And if the stock drops, you will have an IV crush. And then you can probably close that trade out to collect, you know, uh, most of the uh, profits out. That is one way. And if the stock actually goes to 35, let's say you, you sold a covered call for 35, four weeks out, and it goes to, let's say, $40. I, I don't see how it will, but, but let's say, just pretend that it goes to $40. Sure. Will it retain there or will it come down? Because if the the long, because now you have given yourself four weeks of time to for the stock to pull back, so that's that's a couple of ideas you can play. I'm not saying do this for drafting, but this is how you can think in different ways if you just play options uh, on how to sell covered calls, extend the time that you play with, or play with a day or two day of expiration. I don't recommend zero days to expiration. That's a little tricky, uh, but you can always play it like that way. So a couple ideas. Yeah, that's good stuff. I actually don't usually uh, take that kind of trade case. And now I'm going to have to start noodling on that and see where those opportunities come up. Appreciate that. Good stuff. All right. Always learning and got a lot of earnings and we had some nice earnings. What do you got going on here with Apple? Okay. Uh, yes. The, I don't know. I just wanted, I just, I just laughed when I looked at this chart, right? So 198.23, it's your all time high. This is the trend line. As you can see that there isn't much space left for the trend to either have a breakout or breakdown. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, generally, Apple moves about 4%, 4.1%. So looking at about, depending on the price, about $8 or so, up, down, plus, minus. Um, it's an AI hype. So a couple, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, they said that they're getting into the AI, generative AI space. So... 
app already you know shot up higher this is a weekly candle by the way um i don't know 53% up year to date a 3 trillion dollar company uh it's not a joke um question is is the and here's a funny thing goldman sachs says they are going to beat earnings which pretty much means that it's already priced in that apple is going to beat earnings what is it what can we expect from here i don't know i'm just looking at this trend line i'm laughing i'm not doing any trades on this one just holding <laughs> off watching enjoying as a investor because i just love stocks going up not very happy about my covered calls that are open because you know now i have to roll them out uh but i'll collect happy i'll collect the premiums happily um but i think the breakout is uh, imminent at this point in time it's just a matter of time so you know it's interesting and i never really thought about this before but this week i heard somebody mention that while apple is massive in the united states that they don't actually dominate the uh the market outside of the states right and it's actually samsung um in in other parts of the world and got all the galaxy and all that kind of stuff that so there's tons of market share still out there for apple to get into which is crazy to think about but there's still an addressable market to grow into and get more users and more yeah more folks into apple so yeah and yeah. Uh, i think it was maybe 2 months ago or one one couple months ago that they opened their first flagship store in india uh being the largest you know most populated country in the world now you know surpassing china and that was their first flagship store yeah yeah exactly That's because amazing. they were because they were selling phone through third party resellers right, so right. yeah so they were licensing it now they started opening their flagship stores in uh, in mumbai so now of course it's a it's a, a cinema capital it's your financial capital so people have money and you know apple because apple comes with a status symbol so at least you can capture that part of the population that has the money to spend and as the middle class grows you will start seeing a lot of uh, you know people actually buying luxury products that's what exactly happened in china as the middle class came out from the poverty to you know be able to spend money on consumer discretionary products you know companies like apple and similar companies they get they are the beneficiary of that change so i'm not taking any trades uh, on apple i'm just going to wait and watch the reason i wanted to put the chart here is to show people that this is a market mover any great news it will pull the market any bad news it is going to drag the market down so it doesn't matter what other stocks are doing if apple pulls apple decides to bomb the earnings you will see a major pullback on the market i'll get to the next chart here but one last comment i like to every now and again just go look at how much cash apple has on the books <laughs> just to drop just to be totally just in awe of their cash pile it's incredible so all right keeping it rolling uh, amazon next, next. Yeah, so another big one, right? Uh, Amazon. Uh, we generally don't cover Amazon much here, but I'll give you a couple of uh, interesting facts on this one. So the earning per share is expected about thirty-four cents, uh, and the revenue is one hundred and thirty-one billion. So, not a small company. And I, as I mentioned earlier, Morningstar is recommending to replace Amazon with Carnival Cruise Line. This company brings one hundred and thirty-one billion dollars in a quarter. We have had nineteen up revisions. So. unlike your microsoft unlike your nvidias and meta who went up like th- you know over 100% in year to date amazon google they have relatively underperformed they are still up but they are relatively underperformed compared to its peer group uh they have beaten last earnings 
uh, as you can see, we have this uh, uh, rising trend. They they try to break that trend, the upper trend, and then I think they have fallen down now below their uh, the 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 trend line. Um, RSI is moving up. Clearly, it's not oversold. It's fifty seven forty six. Um, stock is still trading above. It's all you know moving averages. I'm seeing that the fifty day moving average is slowly starting to come up. So that's a good sign. Um, there are a lot of call options open on this one is uh, you have at 140, there are 30,000 call options. And at put 123, you have only 1,400 put options. So clearly very bullish. Uh, the average move is about eight and a half dollar to $9 plus minus earnings. So you can always play, um, Amazon that when I think Amazon is going to do one thing to watch out though on Amazon, this is a very important thing. If you if you follow Amazon, the retail side of Amazon is not as strong as the AWS side. And we recently saw that in Microsoft, they mentioned the Azure is slowing down. So I don't know if we're going to see here right. a similar news from Amazon. If that happens, you could see Amazon stock actually breaking down and hitting the 50-day uh, the moving average. Well, that FIB level it's at is 132.63, I think I got. think so, yes, yes. 132.63, that's the top one, and the 121.69 is the, the one below. Yeah, that like that looks like it's providing a little bit of resistance there. Yep, so that's what I'm watching, see if we yep. can get above and hold that level. It's the AWS is it, news that is going to you know, pull, pull it matter. up or down, yeah. With um, AWS and Azure, this might be a completely naive comment, but is it possible that AWS could eat? Um, Azure's lunch type thing. They'll actually, be taking that client base. So, so interestingly, what you would want to know that Google actually went up because their cloud infrastructure was going up as well. So, so now, yes, now we don't know. Is it is it the Google that is taking the lunch away from both AWS and Azure? Or AWS is taking uh, away from Azure and Google is also taking away from Azure? We don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Well, another thing I would add on is um, if you look at the last earnings report, which is kind of just above UK there on, on the on the on the uh, chart, it very volatile. It went straight down, went straight back up. So just be careful if you are trading around Amazon on earnings. That's all yeah. I would say. Good words of wisdom. Yeah, and and by the way, the reason we have these big names here, it's also because a lot of investors hold them long term. So um, mm. don't worry, even if it goes down. Right, and because looking at a long-term perspective of decades, this company is is uh, it's something that you should have in your core portfolio. Yeah, looking for some longer-term opportunities here. Yeah. Well, we had a request last week. Yes. And that was AMD, and right? This is it. Yes, this is AMD. Right. So <laughs> before I actually get into AMD, I want to make a quick shout out on the Intel trade that we mentioned last week. All Intel right. reported tremendous earnings. You know, it surprised the street with a profit. And Intel was up 8% after hours. Now, 8% doesn't sound a lot when you're talking about, you know, retail stocks like SoFi or some of these other where they can go double digits. But still, it was impressive performance. Intel has been battered with a bad performance in the last four or five quarters. So that was a very good news. Uh, one of our um, listeners uh, requested AMD. So, and AMD is, I, honestly, I love AMD because I have had a couple of trades on AMD going very well on those. The only thing that uh, is kind of uh, off on this one is if it, this is a weekly chart, the MACD is curling downwards. So that's a signal that there yeah. is a lot of selling pressure. 
uh, I also see the volume has declined, but generally volume will pick up as the as the earnings will come closer. I think it's Tuesday, if I'm not wrong, earnings is coming up. The, the unfortunate part is there are 28 down revisions on the earning. We are expecting about 5.3 billion in revenue and about 57 cents on the EPS. Average move is about $7 plus minus around earnings. So, and I don't know how you guys see it on this Feb level. I'm seeing this 114 seems to be a level where they are kind of struggling. They stay away for, they stay up a little bit and then they on the weekly, they just drop to the next week. So this week they were not able to break that. Uh, they stayed up, oh, but I feel like that level is reaching as a resistance for uh, AMD unless this a massive news comes out. <clears throat> we could see it still maintaining its 114 as a resistance level. Yeah, yeah. I also see that it's been consolidating and uh, allowing that 20 moving average to catch up on this weekly. So maybe that provides a little bit of support there. Um, I don't know if you see the same thing, Sean. Uh, do, you, do you think this is a bullish setup or are you a little bit more concerned? Any thoughts on AMD? Um, yeah, I like the, the consolidation we can see, and obviously the 20 moving averages you, you just mentioned. Um, but a lot of it is going to boil down to this earning support, of course, because if you say it moves $7, then obviously that is literally on the 20 moving average. In which case, if they give good guidance or the, the earnings call goes well and the CEO produces good words, you know, good words of wisdom for the next six to 12 months rather than the next quarter, um, then that could be a very good setup in a way. You just mentioned there, Nate. It's a good setup, but if you're touching that 20 weekly marriage, then obviously that could be a better setup, I think, at the 105. Um, and I would consider it, you know, given the news and the comments that, that they, they bring out. But um, that would be the setup I'm looking for personally, is a, a nice pullback to kind of 105 if it was to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but likewise, if we are going to go up, I would like it to retest 131 within the next two months. I'm not saying on the earnings report, that would be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, <laughs> breaking that 114 level would be key, obviously, and holding that 114 level would be key if, if it was to be, of course, um, positive earnings. But they're the two trade setups I would be looking at personally. Yeah. And so Sean brought up a very great point here, right? So on the downside, 105 is you're right around that $8 mark, right? Seven, $8 mark. Um, it also lines up, if you go on the 131 level, that's a high from March 2022. So AMD has not been able to break that since March 20. That's a long time. So that's if that mm. happens, that's a very, very bullish sign for AMD stock. Mm. Yeah. So I think it'd be one of those to really listen to the comments that the CEO makes and obviously yep. look at the numbers, of course. I yep. want to hear good guidance. That's going to be the biggest deal. I agree. Yeah, so make sure, yeah. folks, that you follow all three of us on Twitter. We will be posting updates on AMD and similar stocks and our thoughts. I'm telling you, uh, semiconductors have got my attention, and I will be posting a lot more in, in that space for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I actually, Sean called me out this week. He's like, "What? where's AMD? Why didn't you post on AMD? <laughs> That's good stuff. I, I just left it to say, you. Um, sorry, I'm, 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 Oh, you're good, well, Sean. What was I going to say? I actually can't remember what I was going to say. Never mind. Oh, yeah, you're going to say we should look at Square next at Block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we should we should wrap up the with a financial, you know, fintech. Oh. I love uh, I love fintechs. I know. So you covered PayPal. Um, we used to cover SoFi. Unfortunately, the reason I did not cover SoFi this week is because um, you cannot take any more trades, at least from an options perspective, because they report earnings before the market opens. So I was like, you know, I'll skip this and I'll give an opportunity for Square here. 
Um, Square actually got an upgrade from BNP Paribas. So that's a very good sign. Yeah, and if you notice, the stock was, what, in June? It was like in the $67 range. Um, and then this stock just took a uptrend all the way to $78. I did not even realize that the stock is already at $78. This this is amazing um, in terms of that. Uh, it's a the, Actually, if you notice, there's a bullish pennant. I, I didn't try to draw my with my crappy diagram. But there is a <laughs> bullish pennant here with a triangle. If you look at this section over here, if you if you if you take the one two three four five six the seventh three six seven, eight the eighth bar the pink bar and you draw it all the way to the bottom and there's a triangle so that's a bullish pennant right there. Uh, the fifty day we had a fifty day. If you notice this green line, the fifty day is coming almost yeah. touching the two hundred day moving average. So you most likely will have a cross. So midterm. To, it's a bullish midterm, right? Uh, the put to call, of course, is bullish 0.65. There is a downward revision on their expected uh, revenue and EPS. So it's 15 downward revision. Uh, the average move is about $6 plus minus. So that could take you from 78 all the way to either 84, 85 or down to 72. Uh, so at 85, you have about 1,000 call options and at... Uh, and at 72, you have 1.2 put options. Pretty break-even. It's very hard to tell. Yeah, it's a little bit of consolidating here. That You know, I'm starting to see this in a lot of stocks like we've been talking about. After these big moves up, got to find a, a reason to to take a break and, and allow people to take profits. And, yep, it looks like we could see another. I would really like to see that moving average come up and catch the 75 level and see the shares kind of continue higher off of that so it's an interesting chart i haven't looked at block in a while okay thanks for bringing this one forward yeah i really like the consolidation here and um it's, it's going back to the time frames we mentioned earlier on, on in the session that if you look at the, the consolidation on a daily a five minute a 30 minute a one hour it's all the same thing it just means a confirmation of kind of trend and kind of calming down a little bit um, even with the five minutes, you can trade that. You can trade the daily, you can trade the five minutes if it consolidates, brings up the moving averages, and that you, you can play your trades from there. Exactly, yeah. Good stuff. That's it from my side today. All right, I think that's all the charts for this week. Another great week ahead of us coming up. Tons of opportunities, which is you know what we're looking for every week and what we talk about. So thanks again for everybody to everybody for tuning in. And uh, yeah, let's take a look at next week. We've got a guest on the show, Sean. Um, who we have coming up next week and help us out with the Triple T. So yeah, we've got Adam Bergman coming on the channel. He's looking into technical analysis recently. He's been learning it and he, he basically volunteered to come on the show. And obviously I said, wonderful. Yes, come on. We can, we can teach you. You can teach us. Absolutely. Um, he covers Panantir, SoFi and Hims as well on his channel. There's XFinance411. So go over there and obviously head over to the channel, see what it's like, see what you can expect to see next Sunday. But yeah, looking forward to having him on the channel, aren't we? Aren't we? Exciting. Absolutely. Very exciting. Awesome. Yeah, good stuff. So look forward to that next week. How about you, Kay? What, what are your parting words this week? Parting words are, it's going to be, again, a very interesting, very jam-packed week. Uh, make sure any trades that you take, just remember binary events. Uh, earnings are always binary events. So be very careful. Do your risk management and trade safely. Yeah, and uh, I'll just add in that always try to get as much information as you can as you head into every single trade that you make, right? Don't go in with just a guess. And if you want to get a lot more information, 
I know where you can find it. In fact, a lot of new places are coming up. So you've got us Triple T here every Sunday, um, live streaming, talking about charts. And we've got Sean and Kay with their channels. I've also uh, launched a, a Discord server with all of my trading ideas on it for you to take a look at, Trader Nate Trading. I'm going to be on Wolf's Spaces on Twitter, on X, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'll be on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, for the foreseeable as a regular speaker. So be sure to check that out. And, uh, again, appreciate everybody's support. Get as much information as you can from us and from all the other great traders out there. And, uh, yeah, best of luck this week. Sean? You didn't mention subscribe. Oh, yes. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe. I was just going to say, Sean K, what did I forget? And you nailed it. So, yes, please do subscribe. We're almost yeah, at 100. Fun. And uh, be sure to like the, the stream as well. And thanks, everybody.